Welcome to the Service Intel podcast from Aquan. The service industry is changing fast, and with that comes new challenges for service leaders to navigate. It also means there are new opportunities to build an even stronger service organization. This season, we're sitting down with top names in the industry who are rethinking what it means to provide great service. Sydney Lara, a quant service principal, will be your guide through it all as we navigate what's next for the service industry. In today's episode, we have Anthony Batchik, Director of Global Field Services at National Instruments. Anthony shares his experience raising a daughter with Down syndrome and how that inspired him to build an even more inclusive culture at National Instruments, one that accounts for the unique needs of employees with diverse physical and mental abilities. He talks about his company's inclusion resource groups and the importance of understanding what different team members need to succeed in their roles. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and now I'll pass things over to Sid. Thank you so much, as always. Uh, Very, very excited to have a uh, great guest, uh, someone I met recently. We got to talking around a typical topic uh, about hiring and, and, and the best practice of inclusion. Uh, but without further ado, let me introduce to uh, to you our guest and Anthony. If you would please allow a little brief background of yourself, what you do, and uh, what you're working on, Anthony uh, Bacek with National Instruments. Yes, thank you so much, Sydney and, and David. Thank you for having me on your talk today. I'm really excited to be here to talk to you guys. I work with NI in Austin, Texas. I currently manage our global field services organization. Uh, we have men and women all over the world, helping our customers succeed with our products of all sorts, systems, software, et cetera. Uh, And one of my passion areas is, like you mentioned there, inclusion and and helping to drive diversity and and different understandings or improved understandings of our employees' abilities, especially focused on mental and or physical disabilities and diverse abilities. Awesome. Thank you, Anthony. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, I'm really excited for you to lead us down this path as the leader who's passionate about this topic, what you can share with those listening of of how you got started um, and what you could suggest for those considering or struggling to get going down that path. Um, I think, you know, when we talk about hiring practices and, and standards within the workplace, it's often we just go back with traditional methods and I'm really excited to hear about uh, why you think this is great, uh, which I couldn't, couldn't disagree with you and how it's really helped your business. So with that being said, Anthony, why don't you start a little bit with your, with your, your passion with it and uh, what you're doing today within your business, make this more common day versus traditional. Great. Yeah. So I'll start with why I'm passionate about this. So uh, from the top, my my daughter was born seven years ago and uh, she has Down syndrome. And we found out about her disability uh, 10 weeks into our pregnancy. So we knew all along that she was going to be born with a disability and with unique abilities. And and I will say my, my life has changed since. So she's arrived and She's proven to me that she doesn't have a disability. She has a lot of superpowers that change who she is and give her more capabilities and to do things than anyone realizes. And so about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, and I started on a very 
broad journey down a DEI path where we were working on our diversity, equity, and inclusion as a company. And I thought to myself, hey, where is abilities in this? Of course, we're focused on the, I mean, in 2020, you know, the focus was very much on racial equity and, um, you know, gender equity, but it wasn't in the spotlight to include abilities in that. And being a father of a seven-year-old little girl with a disability, I took it upon myself and said, hey, why, why don't we have this? And matter of fact, someone else had already started it about two weeks prior. So uh, someone else had the same approach. And so we uh, worked together to form one of our inclusion resource groups. Um, some companies call them employee resource groups. We call them inclusion resource groups. And we were focused on people with diverse abilities and disabilities, um, as well as mental illness. We included that in our, our scope as well. And so we were called NI Enable in our Austin office, and we're focused here in the U.S. Uh, and it's something that we're all passionate about. And you come to realize you may actually have disabilities yourself. So I, I didn't realize that I personally have some diverse abilities. So I get migraines. And I didn't realize that people do consider that's officially considered a disability because it is disabled. When you have a migraine for that day or for that week, for some people, it can last a month. Um, you are not the same person you normally are. So you start to realize, hey, look, we're all very alike in this. And if we just made some adjustments for me with a migraine, something small like the wrong kind of light bulb can set off a migraine that lasts two, three days that just knocks me out. I'm not the same. I'm not as sharp as I normally am. But if we work together to help everybody bring their best person to work every day, the company is going to thrive because you don't have 80% of Anthony and 80% of my colleagues because we're dealing with a migraine or we're dealing with um, a, a struggle to read a particular email or a text type. So fully justified text, for example, is very hard to read for someone with dyslexia. And so, but you don't think that we're not doing it intentionally. It's just, we haven't educated, haven't communicated well with each other. Um, typically we brush these things in my past, when I was younger, we brush these things under the rug and say, no, I'm okay. I, I can tough it out. I'll be okay with my migraine. You know, I'll just work hard and, and suck it up and, and look at this email. But that's not the right approach. If we all communicate together and educate each other, we can help each other bring the best to our company every day. Well, I, you, you, you gave me a tremendous mouthful of awesome identification points that were just inspirational in terms of how you look at people and the way you said your abilities or inabilities that could affect them and, and your focus on identifying those for the workplace to optimize happiness and productivity. I could have never repeat it, but thank you was, was, was amazing. Um, but on that note, Anthony, I, I really like what you said early on that, on the topic was around uh, inclusion and racial equity, et cetera. And not many people think about that ability piece that you are really stressing, right? Uh, people who have disabilities or different abilities and how they could be, you know, a strength to your workforce or, or, or provide an opportunity because they have different abilities 
Uh, they may have, dis- may have disabilities in other areas, but strong abilities in others, as, as you said, which I really, really loved uh, about that. So on that note, Anthony, maybe you can talk about your hiring practices and how you go outside of the normal, normal scope, traditional normal scope of hiring to identify these folks with certain abilities and how do you bring them into, your, in, into the process? Sure, sure. I, I actually, I think I think a little differently about that. Many of the diverse abilities that you may encounter in your workforce aren't visible. So yes. it's not necessarily that we're looking for diverse abilities, but you, if you're aware of the different abilities someone may have in an interview process, um, there, let's say someone has a stutter. Um, you can realize, hey, that doesn't indicate anything about their capability. So if they blow you away in their interview process, but they may have a stutter, or maybe they have a vision impairment and they struggle to read something that's on the screen and they ask you for help uh, during the interview, that's not a sign of weakness. Uh, and But you don't realize that until as a company, you have communicated well and, and or maybe not even as a company, but as leaders within your company. You have researched it and you have said, hey, look, these things are not indicators of capability. Someone's abilities um, are not necessarily tied directly to their capabilities. Someone can be very, very capable and have a disability. Yes. I think in the hiring practices, I'll say it more generally. For us, we're working to educate each other and openly communicate about what it means to have a different ability than what is seen as typical. And that's the powerful comment right there, Anthony, right? You said for us, it's educating each other on on these identifications, right? Which I think is really the opportunity that you 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 can share here is because traditionally folks are not keenly aware to identify this these types of differences. And maybe you can share of how you educate within other leaders in the business to be more attentive and how to identify these, these differences, right? And um, because it's, it's, it's not traditional thinking. So what are you doing to help broadening and identification of these, of these needs or differences within your workforce? I'll say a lot, but I want to focus on opening the dialogue. And, mm-hmm. and leading with empathy with each other uh, and, and understanding and forgiveness when people say the wrong things. So uh, with that said, there's trigger words in abilities, inclusion, as well as in, in all inclusion aspects. Uh, and, and those words, people may say like the word crazy, um, that is actually very derogative for a certain percentage of our population. But when we get together as Uh, an inclusion resource group, we talk to each other and we're open and say, hey man, don't don't say that word. That that offends me because my daughter has a disability or because um, maybe I have a disability. And so, but realize that there was no necessary malintent from that. So instead of attacking that person and saying, you use that word, I'm going to shut you out. Instead, you educate together and you you lead with that empathy. You lead the, hey, I understand that you probably didn't know that word was offensive to me. And that's okay. Let's work together and I'll tell you why. And then let's go together and make this better throughout the whole 
throughout the whole company and throughout our whole team. And I think that's that's kind of the way to do it is just to open the dialogue and it helps everyone to better understand how to approach each other. And that's very powerful as well, Anthony, because I hate to say it, but I think we have, for whatever reasons over recent times, have become so sensitive with what people are saying and we overanalyze, right? And sometimes we say things that you said with, with not bad intentions, just not realizing the impact of who you're speaking to and what it means to them. And your approach of saying, being honest and open and saying, rather than attacking, is that you're explaining how that could be offensive or taken the wrong way from somebody else and educating as to why is an awesome, subtle, soft touch approach that what I can see inevitably give to that person delivering that comment a, a different way of looking as, ah, yeah, I never thought about it. And probably immediately coaches that out of them. Fair, fair, fair point. Fair point. And just to elaborate a little more, we've also had some guest speakers come in and talk to us. And one of my favorites was Achille Atkinson. She actually came in and, and she talked about making sure that not only in your hiring practices, but also in your management practices, you have empathy. So if you have certain employees with maybe that it's hard for them every week, maybe they have a social anxiety disorder and it's difficult every morning to get up and go face a team of 20 people or 30 people and be there, but they do it five days a week. And then you schedule a happy hour or you schedule a Christmas party since it's that time of year. Uh, and they decline. It's not necessarily that that employee doesn't want to be part of the team. And I think that's, as a manager myself, that's historically been something where I've wondered, hey, they don't want to be around us on this fun time after work. Not necessarily the case because they may just be exhausted and they've been working hard through an anxiety that they've had all week and they're done. They want to go read a book and that's their recharge. They want to recharge. And so not judging them for those differences in their personality and differences in how they approach situations. And so having these guest speakers come in and tell us stories like this has really helped us as a team, as a group, all together to better understand each other and approach things with empathy. It gives you a different viewpoint, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I love it. Empathetic. I, I, I can I can say here that I... I... I recall in my career working with, you know, individuals of this nature that you would say, you know, who would have this anxiety amongst, you know, being with people and, and, and the work week, as you said, was, was their limit and they handle it very well. But when it comes to social activities outside of that, it's at their match. Right. And instead of identifying that, it's typically, oh, let's, let's encourage Let's encourage he or she to, 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 to come out to the event. Uh, make them more comfortable and not realizing what they're going through. Right. So it's just more about get them there, get them there. And uh, I really like the way you said, Hey, if you really understand them, you would be less pressing to get them to go to an event that they're quite frankly, like you said, they're out is going out back home and reading a book. And uh, as long as we understand that, then we're not pushing an agenda just to make everyone there. And I think uh, that's a great point of differentiation that, we need to know and understand people's boundaries and, and comfort zones. And uh, I really like your approach. So thank you. Um, you did say you brought in a speaker and maybe that's a good point to uh, folks listening to us here today is 
what do you, what do you, Anthony, suggest, right? So those considering, those that are being inspired by this conversation, um, are there resources out there that they can lean upon if they're struggling to get them help help get them started? Whether it's yourself and you want to volunteer, I don't want to throw you out there like that. Or can you recommend, you know, what people can do to get started? So speakers that are out there are also available. There's books. There's parent to parent organizations that help you as an ally. There are also leadership classes around leading people with diverse abilities. So there's lots of options out there. If you're starting an IRG, I recommend starting it with not just guest speakers, but also with open dialogue, as I mentioned, and maybe even some movies. So there are some great movies out there uh, that that talk about they're nonfiction slash fiction kind of. They're entertaining, but they they teach you a lot about mental and or physical disabilities that you may have. Um, and I can put some of those in the the, uh, the text box of the podcast that I think people will find very interesting soon. Thanks, Anthony. And, and, and just so I'll make no assumptions, IRG, Inclusive Resource Group, is that the right analogy? Or Correct. I, Inclusion Resource Group. That's inclusion. Right. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Um, one thing that just popped out to me as you were speaking, Anthony, it's you know, I think about, let's say, a trade uh, industry that I came from, right, uh, where service companies are trying to go to local high schools to encourage folks that, hey, this industry, this this trade, this job uh, could be attractive and it could be a career for you, right? Are you doing anything of that sort, right, you know, to, uh, to, to speak at the college level, to speak at the uh, high school level, the grade school level, uh, to go preach about the awareness of what you're doing uh, to set that level of comfort and to help recruit that, Hey, you know, companies are looking at you, you know, and not to be so shy. You're doing anything on that nature. Absolutely. So we actually do things a lot in the STEM space uh, and I, so we are a main component of the Lego robotics. It's a robot competition. It's uh is every year, it's like the Super Bowl of, of engineering and STEM, uh, yep. where kids get together and they build robots that battle it out. I, I think it was on primetime TV last year. So yeah, we do a lot. I personally also go to schools and, and I'll talk to kids about the journey in a career and, and what a career in STEM looks like and how it's not uh, it's not straightforward. And it, it, if you have disabilities, it's, it's likely even more twisty and turning on your journey, but it's possible. And it's something that you should be inspired to go after your dreams. And so it's fun to go talk to kids at schools that have all sorts of abilities and or all sorts of hurdles that they're clearing as they're going through being an adolescent, being a a kid that's grown up in different parts of town. Uh, So that's a lot of fun to go talk to. And and, and thank you on that because that's inspirational for them. Uh, the idea that you're identifying and, and and being relatable to it and saying, "Hey, we're out here to help," is is, is inspirational. And, and thank you for for taking that initiative. And for those listening, right, a, a great opportunity uh, to get that you know connection early on as people start going thinking about going into the workplace. So yeah, awesome. Um, you know. I think we've had some great nuggets of information of, of, of what your best practices are, Anthony, 
um, how people can find resources uh, when thinking about, you know, broadening their scope and being a little bit more, um, not to use a word, but inclusive on, on, on hiring practices and some of your best practices around, you know, uh, educating uh, people within the workforce, as well as reaching out uh, to places, as you mentioned, like high schools and grade schools, et cetera, um, are phenomenal. And I want to thank you again so much for participating and sharing this with us. Uh, but before we leave, um, is there anything you want to leave with the audience um, as a takeaway or, or suggestions or anything you, might, you may want to say? I actually do, Sydney. Yeah, there, there's one thing I want to remind everyone, and I think it's something I've come to realize in my involvement in our inclusion resource group, is that abilities are fleeting is something that I heard someone say, and it stuck with me. The current average age of engineers in the United States is 41 years. And so I, I just happen to be 42. So I kind of fit into that little bullet of information there. And at this age, I'm starting to see my eyesight is not what it used to be. My ability to get up in the morning is not as painless as it used to be. Um, there's, there's some other statistics here. 12, 12% of people worldwide get migraines. And I do. And I told you guys that earlier in the podcast. And I realized I get a different kind of migraine now that I'm in my 40s. I'll get dizzy for days. And that's the precursor to a migraine for me now, which was different than when I was in my 30s. And so it affects me. But the abilities that you have today are fleeting. And so every one of us at some point in our lives will need an accommodation. So I want to encourage everyone in the workforce. And this can be related to services or not. It's just general things that we need to be aware of. The things we do for people today, we're doing for ourselves um, in 10, 15 years as we age and as we lose the abilities that we were given. Um, if you know we were given those abilities, if you're blessed with them, then you might lose them later in life. So the things you're doing now will help yourself later. So if you don't do it for someone else, please think about this for your own self. And I think that's a that has been a powerful message too, and, and it's helped to actually gather our momentum within our own IRG and within our own company to make sure that we do accommodate for everyone. I don't even want to speak after that. Very powerful. Awesome, Anthony. And thank you. Yes. What a amazing perspective for everyone to think about. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for joining today. Anthony, awesome. Great having you. Hope we have more conversations in the future. Um, but until then, thank you so much.